Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 339, How to Negotiate and Save Lots of Money. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. <laughs> Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are doing another episode on negotiation because it is such a great way to save money, earn more, and practice your people skills. <laughs> At Negotiation Station, where we'll tell you all the ways. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by our listener special. So this year, our listener special is on October 31st. Yes, Halloween. And we want to share your spooky, strange, bizarre money stories with the community. So did you find money in a weird place? Did you have to pay a fee with a weird name? Did you have to pay a person with a weird name? Don't judge them, but let us know. Make us laugh, and the listener with the best spooky season money story will win one of our new Frugal Friends t-shirts. So use the Bill of the Week line, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill today, now through September 28th, to leave your spooky, silly story about money and tune in on Halloween to hear them all. I cannot wait for this one. I think this is going to be the best listener special yet. Lots of weird, spooky things. I hope. So if you're interested in flexing your negotiation muscles, then we've done a few episodes in the past. Episode 327, Saving Money on Rent, where we talk specifically about negotiation tactics for rent. Episode 263, How to Negotiate a Higher Salary in Any Field with Mandy Woodruff Santos. That one is so Clutch. If you don't do anything else today, scroll back to episode 263 and cue that up to play next because it is information you will want. Even if you're happy in your job right now, listen to this episode because it can only help you with your career growth and your salary negotiations. So 263, Mandy Woodruff Santos, you will thank me later. (laughs) I'll thank you now. Thanks, Jen. That's a good one. You're welcome. So let's get into these articles about negotiation. And the first one comes from Go, Go Banking Rates. (laughs) They write articles too. 
It's titled 10 Biggest Negotiation Mistakes That Are Making Other People Rich. It's an interesting one to say. It's making other people rich. But I appreciate this perspective of the things that we might be doing wrong when it comes to negotiation. And so I'll just kick it off with the first two, which include going in without options and doing poor research on pricing. These two really do go hand in hand. So there's no real point in separating them for the sake of this podcast. So essentially, one of the biggest mistakes that we can make is trying to negotiate without actually having real numbers in mind. That's not to say that when we start negotiating, we can't kick it off with something like, is this your best price? But we need to know in our own mind, what am I willing to pay for this thing? What number could we reasonably come to and me be pleased with that? Feel like it's reasonable or a good deal? And that, again, is paired with having done research. What are the going rates for that good or service so that you can be well advised on, is this going to be a good number? You can even utilize that research in your negotiation of whatever it is, a good or a service to be able to say, oh, well, I've been able to find, let's say, a similar phone plan for X amount of money. Maybe even list off who it is that you've been able to find that rate and can you do better? So having done your research, having numbers in mind before you get to the negotiation table, so to speak. There may not be a table, though. Just beware. It may just be you standing there. Yeah. This one is particularly relevant for me because Travis, my husband, has a price in mind that he wants to pay, but it's not necessarily always rooted in reality. And I don't know if that's you like listening to this, but it's very important, especially, unfortunately, with inflation, the prices that we may have had budgeted for or think that we should be paying are a lot of the times no longer accurate. So doing your research on pricing, having the options of the current pricing options and going in with the best, most current knowledge is really important. And like for goods, that might mean going to Amazon or Target or Walmart.com and looking at the price new. And then if you're going for used, you'll take 50% off of that. If it's kind of lightly used, I would say. If it's brand new with tags, maybe 75% of the brand new price. And then if it's like really well-worn, but still good, then you could even maybe negotiate down to 25% of that full price. But usually somewhere around 50% of full price is where you want to be in your negotiation for goods. So those are the places where I go to. And I also go to just Facebook Marketplace and just compare what else is going, like for dressers. What price are other dressers going for that are sold and versus sitting there for a long time so that I can have more leverage to say, hey, I can get this fast. And you might be able to get a little bit more off if you say you can get it fast, but you want to make sure that it's in general line with with what else is on Facebook Marketplace at the time. So the next one, I also have a personal experience with is over haggling. 
So haggling is one approach to attempt. And they use the word haggling a lot in the next article we'll get into. Haggling, it triggers me, I think. I don't love this word either. So over-negotiating is maybe what I'm going to (laughs) say, right? It's one approach to attempt to get something at a lower price, but some people overdo it. And then they end up paying even more than they would have if they kept haggling tamer. And we'll talk a lot about that in the next article. But my personal experience with this is similar to what the author is saying in here. She says, one of the most common, well, this is a quote from somebody, but one of the most common mistakes I see is over haggling or essentially customers haggling to the point where the business owner will actually add an inconvenience fee to the service due to time already wasted from the outset. So I don't think it's ethical. I don't know if this per se is true, but my experience with over haggling is I used to work at The Gap and longtime listeners of the show will have heard this story on every negotiating episode we've ever done. (laughs) And there was a mom buying clothes for her kids. I worked at Gap Kids and they were buying a lot of stuff and her dad, so grandpa, Pop Pop was there and they were ringing out and he was like, what discount can you get me? And I was like, well, if you sign up for a Gap card, you can get this much off. And I was a robot. The the only thing they cared about was how many Gap cards you could sign people up for, not how much merchandise you could sell. If that tells you anything about the store credit card industry, that's all they cared about. So that was all that I could offer them. That was the only sale going on right right then. It was probably a weekday because we had sales every weekend. It's not like you probably could have postponed the shopping trip three days and there would have actually been a discount. But there was just nothing that day. And that dude pressed me so hard, verbatim saying, you're going to give me this credit card discount without me signing up for the credit card. And I was like, I literally can't because if I key in this code and you do not pay with a gap card, it will kick the code out. (laughs) Like it won't allow the code. It's not possible, sir. And I had to call manager and he said the same thing to the manager. And she was like, no. It doesn't work like this. Yeah. They left there with no discount because there was literally no discount to be had. We were not the owners of the store. We could not make up discounts. This is an experience you should not have with store associates. That is over haggling. In negotiation, it's one thing to have an experience like that when you're trying to advocate for yourself for an injustice that has happened, but not when you're just trying to get a deal. (laughs) Right. Yes. But now I've never heard of someone tagging on extra money because they were irritated by you. I've never actually heard of that. I could see a small time service making up some kind of fee that is not like an annoyance fee, but a fee that they would not have charged otherwise that they make seem standard. I can definitely see that happening. But that's just another time where you should be vigilant in negotiating fees, but not over haggling. Be nice, people. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. 
If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. The next one is not embracing AI technology. So essentially not using ChatGPT to your advantage is a mistake we can make. Now, I mean, this is a newer mistake. Obviously, negotiation five years ago. This was not I possible. love this. This is awesome. So you can use ChatGPT to help you identify where there's room to negotiate. So they essentially say here, you can ask ChatGPT, what are some of the alternatives to the negotiated deal on the table at the moment? So you could use prompts like, which argument should I use in this negotiation? Or what are alternatives to this deal? Or what terms could I trade in this negotiation to get what I want? And so much more. So you could essentially plug in what is the deal that you're trying to negotiate and let AI do the work of what is it that I'm missing? Because sometimes we just don't know what we don't know, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to those various fees and how services are charged or the going rate on deals. So when we talk about coming in with a number or having done your research, that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to have put in a ton of your own time. We can utilize AI to our benefit to ask ChatGPT, what do I need to know here? What are the terms that I can negotiate? How low could I possibly go? What's even a script? What wording can I be using? So I've not done this yet. This is honestly the first time that I'm hearing of this little tip. So thrilled about it. You bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be out here negotiating all of my bills using ChatGPT now. Mm -hmm. Well, in a few weeks, we'll be recording an episode 
on how ChatGPT can save you money. So I'm very excited about that because there are so many ways that as long as you know like the right prompts and the capabilities of ChatGPT and the limitations of it, that it can help you with some of your decisions that you would make that would be taxing for you or research that would be taxing for you, but ChatGPT can do it very quickly. So it alleviates that stress from your brain so that you can make better decisions longer throughout the day. So I really like, I know ChatGPT can't crawl like actual websites, but if you're like, what's the going rate for internet in my city? What are deals that are happening that it can give you an idea of where to start so that your research is faster. And yes, and it can give you like verbatim scripts, stuff like that. So if you haven't signed up for ChatGPT, if you've been nervous about it or you're like, man, I don't, I don't need that. I <laughs> When I first heard about it, I was like, I don't want to to try this. <laughs> I think this is a scare. This is a spiral. This is a rabbit hole. But I've been very interested and excited about the capabilities of this free technology. For now, it's free to help us save money. So embrace AI. Before the robots take over, use them to save money. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in today. (laughs) We're not robots. No. Next is overlooking long-term value. So this is the difference between being frugal and cheap, right? So are you only looking at the upfront cost of something or are you also factoring in long-term value? So you need to have a big picture perspective when negotiating. And this is also something that AI could help you with determining the cost per wear or cost per year something like that math stuff, when you don't have a math formula that you know of, the internet knows. So the article says that assessing the long-term consequences of your decisions could mean occasionally paying a little more upfront for favorable terms. And so this isn't like paying more upfront for an extended warranty, but for better quality or for maybe some kind of, I don't want to say warranty, but some kind of like plan that you know that you will use or know that will give you peace of mind that's still affordable. Peace of mind can sometimes be just as valuable as saving money. So yeah, definitely consider the long-term value. If you're buying something used, then don't shy away from higher priced items that will last longer. That's kind of why we buy used, not just for the environment, not just for the money saving, but so that we can not have to buy things as frequently. The last one on here for me is fear of rejection. This can be a big inhibitor of negotiating is that we just are afraid of the salespeople. Uh, I don't know why. We just get, it's like when you're six years old and you have to use the telephone for the first time. Mm -hmm. Only we're adults now. And for some reason, it's still difficult to pick up that phone. So essentially, (laughs) the article is just saying kind of get over it. Uh, Don't be afraid of salespeople. (laughs) The worst they can do is say no to you. And I would take that a step further than just saying get over it by practicing. 
have ChatGPT create scripts for you. Just get used to hearing these words come out of your own mouth by yourself in a room. That's fine. Maybe pull a friend in with you, someone that you trust, and kind of go over how this conversation might go. And then start with like low-level stakes. Maybe do a phone call before you try to negotiate in person. Sometimes that can feel a little bit better. Or use the chat function with whatever good or service that you are trying to negotiate. Sometimes we can negotiate our internet bills just chatting, literally typing back and forth to their salespeople or their customer service. So start small, start on your own, do some practice, and essentially keep reminding yourself that the worst they can do is tell you no. Mm -hmm. I get this. And it's not so much a fear of rejection as it is like, sometimes I think I deserve to pay more. (laughs) It's like sad, but if I get a higher price, I think it's like, oh, I didn't do enough research or I didn't negotiate right, so I deserve this higher price. Like one time we bought a four-park Disney ticket thing. And it was 2021. They had just reopened after the pandemic and you had to make reservations for the parks. But the only park that had reservations available was Animal Kingdom. And so like we couldn't, I didn't want to go back to Animal Kingdom three more times. Uh So we just didn't use it. And Travis is like, I want my money back. I didn't use the whole ticket. And I was like, but I bought it. I shouldn't have bought the four. I should have just bought like what two or three. Like it's my fault. I deserve to pay that money. And he's like, no. And so he calls Disney and he gets a partial refund. Did he? I wasn't going to do that. No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why he does the negotiating in the household. Uh, So yeah, I get it. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah. Like not wanting to even appear like a cheapskate. I don't want to, but who cares? This person doesn't know me. Yep. You don't know if you don't ask, and you don't have to be rude about it. Yeah. You can be firm and kind. And I think that's maybe something that people see as separate. If I have to be firm, that I am being unkind, but they are not mutually exclusive. I have found that you can have boundaries and you can be persistent and still do them in a kind way. Agreed. So our next article is one that I liked a lot. So this is written by Peter Rothbart, and he says, I've haggled down the price of everything from rent to dental surgery, and I have six do's and don'ts for anyone who wants to negotiate. And I liked these do's and don'ts, and I like how he puts them. Yes, these are very fun. I would definitely recommend this article. And the first one is... Be friendly but firm, which is exactly what you were just saying, Jen, that the two can... You can tell that I read the article. (laughs) Ahead of time. The two do go hand in hand. They can, at least. So they're saying, do play nice. We can sometimes get this idea that to negotiate, we kind of have to have this hardened facade and we've got to be cutthroat hustlers who are just out here wheeling and dealing at high-pressure stakes to get a bargain. And in reality, just being a pleasant individual is going to make you more enjoyable to engage with and more likely to get a deal. 
So being polite, staying positive, using your good manners and your kind words, just overall being pleasant to work with is going to get you more likely the deal that you want. And with that said, pairing it or holding the tension, if you will, with not being a pushover. So being polite doesn't always mean being overly accommodating. You can absolutely know your number, your boundaries, what you will and won't do, the number you will do, the number you won't do. And being willing to walk away, failing to close a deal is not a breach of etiquette. If you can't come to terms with the person that you're negotiating with, it's also okay to walk away. So being kind, but having your own limits and boundaries, being willing to walk away, these all can be true at the same time. Mm -hmm. Number two and three, we just talked about in the last article. So be mindful of context. Negotiate in settings where negotiation is more well-received, not at the gap. And then do your research. Know what you're going in there. Don't mistake similar for equivalent. I like that. So look for differences between available items, but don't mistake similar features for equivalent. So account for costs like taxes, shipping, external factors like time, distance, convenience, stuff like that. But I want to go into number four really next is be frugal, not cheap. hey oh, you know this Yay. one. He says... Do bid to your advantage and don't blow a good deal looking for a better one. So bidding to your advantage, start by offering less than you're ultimately willing to pay. That is just as a seller, we always list items for about $20 or 20% less more than what we're wanting to accept. So as a buyer, you can start with maybe $30 less than you're willing to pay or 25% less than the listed. So you'll end up somewhere in the middle. But don't blow the good deal looking for a better one. So if when you're presented with a strong offer, take it. When you have met somewhere in the middle, don't keep going. Don't annoy the seller. (laughs) Just take it. And there's also another don't to this one is don't give low ball offers with little chance of success. That's insulting. It's annoying. I know that very few people listening to this would ever do this, but it tells the seller you're not serious. It starts negotiations off inhospitably. So again, before you name a price, know that the seller's probably going $20 or 20% over what they're willing to take. So just go $30, $40 less, 25, 30% off, and then see where you can end up in the middle. They might be willing to just part with it at that $30, $40 off or 30% off if you're like, I can pick it up now in an hour or something. So you may luck out on that if you also put speed behind, but normally you land somewhere in the middle and be okay with that. That's great. Again, Tether your expectations to the reality that things are more expensive now than they were four years ago. Yeah, I don't love that reality, but it is where we are, Mm -hmm. which does pair nicely with number five, which is act decisively, not hastily. So this tip is encouraging us to strike while the iron is hot. And he's talking about how he often buys and sells things. I don't know exactly the platform that he uses, but let's 
think Facebook marketplace and how when he's selling something, not, nothing pleases him more than a buyer who offers to close quickly, come with their cash and do it immediately. And I can vouch for that as well when I have sold things. I don't want to waste a ton of time mm-hmm. going back and forth with people, holding it for days or weeks. If someone's going to tell me they're going to be at my door in an hour, that's fantastic. And a lot of times in those instances, if you are actually following through, not just texting things to make someone feel good about themselves, but getting in your car and following through, then you are more likely to also be able to get the best possible deal because you're the first one there. You're the first one showing up. The whole cash thing, as far as private sales go, that's kind of a weird one to me. Like, I don't have a point of sale system. I can't take your credit card. Of course, you're going to pay me cash. So whenever someone's in my Facebook messenger trying to buy something from me, like cash now, this offer, I'm like, of course, you're paying me cash. Like, I don't I don't take credit cards. Well, the other option is Venmo or Zelle, which has become more commonly used. I honestly will only take it if I see the person face to face. I know Travis several times has bought things via Venmo to reserve it before he can actually, like he wants it. He's like, I'll Venmo you right now if you'll hold it for a couple hours. I don't love that, but it's always worked out for him because he's well discerning. But that is, I mean, a lot of people are using Venmo and Zell now. A lot of people prefer Zell. Yeah, I guess I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. But Using cash as a negotiating tool, it does work a lot of times at some of your stores Mm -hmm. where they have to pay a credit card fee on any credit card purchases that you make. So I've utilized this, for example, with furniture. If I'm willing to purchase it in cash, I've often gotten at least a 5 to 10% discount because it's advantageous to them to not have to pay the credit card fee. So they'll usually discount it. I, throughout our renovations, that was the case. We got a nice discount on paying cash for our countertops. So definitely still use that as a bargaining tool. Just know it might not go as far in your more smaller private sale deals. But then also pairing that with not rushing, being willing to act quickly if you are for certain that this is the good or the service that you want but also recognizing that you're not beholden to anybody. You don't have to make a purchase out of courtesy. Trust your gut if you're feeling as though, you know what, actually, even if you have some sunk cost on the negotiating table, if you're still not certain about it, if it doesn't feel like the best deal to you, you don't need to have a sense of loyalty to this deal. You can walk away. Mm Mm-hmm. The sixth one is to set limits, not limitations. Do have a plan and don't be a robot. I love this. And it's the same reason why like, I hate strict budgets. I love the freedom to, if I see a really unique deal, I want to be able to pounce on it without feeling guilty. But then I also don't want to rush like the last tip. But I want to be able to strike while the iron is hot. And so... I just wanted to like get at you with a few places where this might be relevant. So if you're in the market for anything from these retailers, that you might be able to take this into consideration, like have a plan 
and still keep a budget, but don't be a robot about it. So if you see the deal, then you can pounce on it. So here are a couple like big box retailers that you can negotiate at. The gap is not on this list. I'll just put that right out there. Gap's not on this list, but Best Buy, floor models, open box items, stuff like that you can negotiate on. We have negotiated on televisions from Best Buy, brand new, just the box is open. So if you are looking for a TV and you find the one you want at Best Buy, negotiate it for it. This is something you want to pounce on because it's something that may not come around again. Home Depot and Lowe's, if you're doing renovations, like Jill said, you can obviously scratches, dents, dings. If you bring that to an associate, they can give you a lower price with very little haggling. Poor quality lumber, floor models are all over the place. You'll see them denoted by certain color tags. And then sometimes stocking errors. This doesn't always work, but if you see something you want and the price looks too good to be true, uh, then it could be in the wrong section. They might give it to you at the price that it's marked at. So a smidge of talking would be required there and doesn't always work, but sometimes. Uh, Sam's Club, Costco, again, like floor model stuff, produce that may be at the last days of its life. Tires never should be bought at sticker prices. Warehouse stores will definitely discount tires. Jill already said furniture stores, but even Walmart and Target, if you know what you're doing, you can haggle on some stuff there like damages, dings. Target will give you 13% off damaged items. Food, again, that's near. Think about anything just already on clearance. Yes. Things that already have a clearance sticker on it sometimes can go even lower. Yeah. And then our beloved pawn shops, thrift stores, you could definitely negotiate stuff there like all the time, everything. You can usually try and go for maybe like 10% off, I would say, is kind of where you might end up. So maybe start 25, 15 and see where you end up. And then even department stores, Nordstrom, Macy's, Kohl's, Dillard's, if you find the same, and this is where research comes in, if you find the same thing cheaper somewhere else, bring that information to them and they can let you know if they can price match it. Very often they will price match it. So all that to say, don't rush. Don't take advantage of sales just because they're sales, because they're marketing ploys. Have a plan. Don't be a robot. If you see these like really good, unique deals at these retailers and it's something you actually need, then get it. Yeah. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Negotiate it. And you know what else you can take advantage of? And I'm sure there's room for negotiation. It, it can all be negotiated, but it will it will always be here. Yes. The, the bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen and Jill. This is Rochelle from Minnesota. I'd just like to say thank you and share my bill. I had 
uh, weed barrier for the garden sitting in, in my Amazon cart for a couple days. Because, you know, we went through the, is this an impulse or not? Will this bring value, value to my life? And then I also looked on Facebook Marketplace and other places, which I haven't really done before. And it cost me $60 instead of 130 And it definitely, these habits that you guys talk about on your episodes have greatly reduced, you know, impulse purchases among other, you know, big hitters too. So I'd just like to say thank you. and. Like I said, this particular bill will add value to my life because, you know, decreasing groceries and also being able to spend time with my two-year-old that loves plants and watering them. So thank you. Bye. Yes, Rochelle, thank you for sharing that with us. That's it. Like it wasn't that hard. That's all we're trying to get people to do every week is just vary up your habits a little bit. You know, know what you want, know that it brings value and then just check, check to see if it's at the thrift store or Facebook marketplace before you go buy it on Amazon. Sometimes it will and it'll save you over 50% and sometimes it won't. Sometimes you'll end up buying it new. But instead of buying 100% of things new, we just want to lower our percentage of buying things new and full price. What a beautiful example of putting a pause in place before you actually pull the trigger. And I even feel like this is an example of negotiating with ourselves, of giving ourselves this kind of space to say, is this the best deal? Could I find better? Let me think about this. Let me do my research. Like you negotiated with yourself and that's amazing. And well done, Rochelle. And if you all have a bill of the week about negotiating with other people, with your spouse, with your child, with yourself, about limiting impulse purchases, creating a pause, or you are a bill and you've not even done any of those things, but you've lived your life with the name Bill, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us a bill. Thank you, Bill. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? 
why did the internet choose them, and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. The lightning <laughs> round. Pew, pew. Hmm. So this week's lightning round is sharing your most recent successful negotiation. And even maybe you can say how much you saved from the original price if you remember it. Jill, go for it. Yes, I negotiate all the time, constantly. I have moved way past that point of being afraid of negotiating. I have no shame. Now, I'm still kind and I'm not cheap, but I'm going to negotiate with you. If we out here doing an exchange, we're, we're going to talk about it. You're not just going to get my money. So my most recent one was at Home Goods. Eric and I are at the point of furnishing our house now that it is nearly completely renovated. Now I will do this all the time at, at Home Goods, Marshalls, TJ Maxx, all of these places you can negotiate. Most of the time it's on things that are already marked down, clearance items, and they can know how long something's been out on the floor and mark it down even further. This one, however, was not on clearance, but I just liked it a bunch. And I did my own survey of the chairs and found some imperfections, some loose threads, a spot that seemed to have a small stain on it that I wasn't sure if I'm going to be able to get out. I'm okay living with the stain, but didn't want to pay full price for some of these imperfections. And so I pointed that out, the manager inspected it, and they gave me 20% off. I forget what the exact savings on that would have been, but I, I want to say at least $100, $150 was marked down off of the price. Nice. Yeah. These chairs look great, too. They do. Are they the ones I've seen? Yeah, so I, I got it home, a little bit of Dawn dish soap, and then my own scissors to snip off the loose threads, and <laughs> we're good. Mm, yes. So I feel like I have been the one doing all of the negotiating with because we've been selling a lot of stuff and then, like, with our rentals. So it's hard for me. I have been negotiated down so many times. It is hard for me to remember... What I have recently negotiated, which is so bad, but I we we divvy up these tasks in the house, and negotiating is not my task uh, for the household. You can answer for the household then. For the household, gosh, Travis will go to Home Depot, and like every other time, he'll come back with something that he has gotten discounted. He's always looking for imperfections, always looking at the discount place. And, and I do too, but I usually like, I'll look at the discount stuff and it's already marked 50% off. So I'm like, cool. I don't have to negotiate that any further. 
So I would say that our flooring, we got it. It was already marked down, but we maybe got it a little bit. We haven't even bought all of our flooring yet. We just, we pounced on a deal that was our flooring that we wanted. We weren't ready to buy all of our flooring yet, but we saw the flooring that we wanted and we bought part of it because it was like a deal. It was open box. We did the same with our appliances. So I think I have an eye for when the best deals are offered at different stores so that I can just pounce on the deal. And then he has the eye for imperfections that he can negotiate down and will ask anybody for a lower price on anything, whether or not his perception of the price is tethered to reality. Yes. Now, I will say little small tip on that one. Lowe's, Home Depot, even Home Goods, but especially these home improvement stores, you're going to do better negotiating the price within the department that you find it in. Yeah. So for instance, if you find lumber that is not that great or has imperfections, you need to find the manager of the lumber department to negotiate it. They on the spot can have the authority to print you a new sticker up to many times I've received like 30 to 40% off. If you are trying to negotiate just at the sales desk, usually the best they can do is 10 to 15% or they'll have to make the call back to the manager. And sometimes you're not going to do as well because of the inconvenience of that, pulling them away from their department or just maybe not even getting the manager and, and missing out on it or needing to walk away. So do your negotiations within that department. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of one of those hidden fees of inconvenience. Yeah. It's not a tacked on fee, there you go, yeah. but it's lost savings. Yeah. Well, friends, thanks for being here. We hope that you've gained some negotiation tips and tricks and tactics. And you know that we just are going to love to hear about them, whether it's through the bill of the week or on Instagram or through a review that you leave. That'd be lovely. We love hearing your kind reviews, and we especially appreciated this one from Kitty Leia, who said, love it, OMG, super actionable, succinct, funny, approachable, and just chef's kiss. Already making changes in my life based on this one, and I'm a serial spender. Wow, Kitty Leia, there's, there's room for growth. We're glad you're here. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. It helps potential new listeners know what our show is all about. Know that we don't say coupon and hoard everything and revolve your life around saving money, but revolve your life around the things that matter most and just make sure you are spending enough to afford it. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. So I am considering negotiating on my next flight, which is actually tomorrow, Oh, to see if we can upgrade. I mean, of course, that depends on if there's room. Eric tried to see if we could upgrade on the flight here. We're in San Diego at the moment. We fly back to Florida tomorrow. And I think they wanted, we tried to ask at the gate just before boarding. They wanted 200 a person and that wasn't worth it to me. But part of our problem was not having a number in our heads ahead of time. 
or at least having talked mm. about it. So I'm like, $100 on a long flight per person. I would do that. So if there's room, we might pull the trigger on an upgrade. We'll see. I'll keep you Ooh, posted. I would love to, Yeah. California is such a long flight. Mm-hmm. It's so long. East coast to west coast. Takes a while. Yeah. I think you could maybe it's the same amount to fly to like London or something from Orlando. It's a very similar flight length. Hmm. But don't quote me on that. I don't travel a lot. <laughs> it just feels that long. Let's go to London and find out. <sighs> you know, I don't have a huge desire to go to London, but I do want to go to Greece. Yes. Let's go to the Mediterranean. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. You negotiated well. Yes. Oh, that's my latest successful negotiation. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.